All right, Cam, good job. All right, we're in the red zone. I feel it. The Pats are going to be back on top. You cannot deny us. We're the best in the East. I don't care about Tua, and I don't care about Josh Allen. The Pats are number one. Who the fuck is that? Is the Pats on? Oh, hey, Dom. How's it going? Trick or treat, mofo. Hey, <laughs> trick or treat. You got a real trick going on here. The Bills are about to choke against the Pats. You know the score. Bills are up right now, man. Nah, but Cam, he's got it. Cam, they can't stop him on these quarterback sweeps. Here it is. They got the ball to 19 now. Newton will keep it. Yeah, good move, Cam. Oh, he lost the ball. What? Buffalo takes over. Hey. Oh, my God. What? Left. That's absolutely on fucking believable. This is all your fault, Dom. You shouldn't have been here. You jinxed it. The Patriots turn it over. Six and two, Buffalo Bills. That, that's enough. You, you're going on the bench. You, you don't even come with us to Mohegan Sun, man. This is just unbelievable. That NFL team from New England choking like the A10 team from Massachusetts. Who's the Zimmer guy? Who the who the hell is this Zimmer guy? What a joke. You know what? Dom, you're on the bench. Episode 13, SP Unfurl and Friends. Go Pats! Welcome everyone to SB Unfurled and Friends, episode 13 in the second season of St. Bonaventure's fourth best basketball podcast. Lil Bona X, the former Bona commenter, is here with you along with SB Unfurled on Friday, October 30th. We finally got the news that we were craving, Unfurled. Yes, finally. We we have a date and an opponent. Actually, three dates and three opponents, which is what we've been waiting for ever since pretty much everyone in the country's schedule got wiped clean and had to start anew. Uh, Thanksgiving Eve versus Towson. Thanksgiving Day, Stephen F. Austin. And December 1st against Vermont. So three opponents now. Uh, in that non-league schedule that can make up uh, probably seven games if the A-10 goes to 20 games. How how relieved are you? Because I was messaging you like crazy on Friday. I was like, oh, crap, I'm so sorry. You're at work right now. Like, But look at what's happening. Like, How relieved were you when you're like, okay, uh, November 25th, Towson. This is confirmed. <laughs> yeah, originally we thought we were going to play Stephen F. Austin that opening day on Thanksgiving Eve, and, and you sent me something that, that broke that Rhode Island was actually playing Stephen F. Austin that day. So I thought maybe we were going to flip-flop. We are playing the same teams that Rhode Island is playing. So, um, it, And that is what happened. We, we got Towson the first day and Stephen F. Austin the second day, and I was extremely relieved honestly I mean we kind of knew what teams we were playing but just to see it official was was really good because it's kind of tough to to get excited for the season for some people if there's just no schedule out there yet well it's funny because 
I'm going to be fully transparent here. I was looking through the ESPN app while on the toilet and was just curious, like, hey, what games have actually been put onto the ESPN app? And I saw on the 25th, Rhode Island, Stephen F. Austin, and I messaged him like, hey, I don't think we're going to be opening with the with the Lumberjacks now. And then two hours yeah. later came all the all the news. Right. And it did sound like earlier in the week we were trying to play Siena there as well. Siena, a team that we play every year, the Franciscan Cup, obviously. They are going to be there at the same time. But um, unfortunately, I don't even know if that game is going to happen now uh, just because of their their issues with how the schedule might play out in the future. I say, hey, if you're both there at the same time, figure out this year first. It seemed like an equitable game for both sides. Both teams are going to be pretty good. We always play each other anyway. Take the cup to Bubbleville. Why not? Our cup's not allowed in Bubbleville. You can take it there. You can play them. But it sounds like that's not going to happen. So we are still waiting to hear. Maybe we do play a fourth team. Um, and actually, when you when you sent me that Rhode Island bit of news, I said, hey, the, the NCAA did say that Teams from the same conference can play each other out of out of conference. Um, so in a year where you have to kind of get creative, it's not completely out of the picture that we play a, a Rhode Island or um, a, UMass. I know UMass is yeah UMass is there, but I think the chances are very very low. So we'll we'll have to see if we do get a fourth game in Connecticut. A10 Twitter would be ablaze if UMass and Bonas was playing a non-conference oh, yeah. game at at uh, Mohegan Sun on Thanksgiving weekend. But yeah, I don't know why Sienna can't just bring the cup with them to Mohegan Sun. Somebody can, they can put the cup down on a table. Somebody can sanitize it down. And then when they bring it out to us after we beat Sienna, they don't have to be near us. They don't need to be six feet. They need to be 60 feet near us. They can go back into the locker room. Exactly. And, and I mean, their, their coach said that it doesn't make sense to play St. Bonaventure in Mohegan Sun if it's not part of the Franciscan Cup but I I just completely disagree Um, in a lot of these cases like us against Yale like us against um, Middle Tennessee and so many other teams across the the country that are playing home and homes that had to push them back a year that's pretty much just what we should be doing with Siena and playing them in the Riley Center next year but I I think they may have had an issue with you know if, if if they're not playing us in the Riley Center this year, then they're not going to play us because um, initially this game was scheduled to be in late December. And the A10 said, you have to keep that that day open because we're probably going to start conference play early. So when we had to move the date with Siena, I, I think just playing in, in Bubbleville would have made sense. But they, uh, uh, for whatever reason, they don't think so. Well, we've been kind of trying to do the math on like what teams we could play there yeah. as like our fourth option and delaware is also open we played them recently yeah so that that could also be another one because they're in the same pod with umass and sienna yeah we did we had a home and home series with delaware back in Ugh. i'm just remembering delaware was like zero and 10 and we played them like on christmas break and lost yeah i think that was my game at delaware um we beat them at delaware and then i think they beat us in the riley center actually <laughs> so we so we lost to owen 10 delaware at home oh yeah. my god yeah that was a that was a rough a rough stretch um i i can't remember if that was 16 17 or or 15 16 or 14 15 i'm not I, I i would have to look that up but we did play delaware in a home and home i know you mentioned iona as well which would be intriguing uh but well it's, it's not going to be iona because slick rick uh he'll be having his 15 seconds of fame against umass yeah 
<laughs> that would that that'll be fun for them because he went to be. UMass. That'll be very fun. Yeah, Iona, another team that we have we've done a home and home with before uh, from the MAC as well. So um, we'll wait and see. Maybe we just play three games there. I, we don't know yet. By the way, I did look it up, and we it was twenty it was December thirtieth, twenty fourteen, and it was at Delaware that we lost to that zero and ten Delaware team. <laughs> oh, okay. We did lose that Delaware. We lost to Maryland, Eastern Shore, and Delaware back to back. Ugh. Why was that? Maybe I'm thinking of Hofstra. I don't. I was thinking we won at Delaware and then they beat us Dude, here. But don't even worry about it. Like I don't. I thought I completely blacked that out of my memory, but apparently, yeah. you know, some lingering flashbacks to that terrible, that just terrible loss. Yeah. <laughs> but but um. We're not really going to break down Towson right now because we still got like a month and who knows if the games will still happen because, you know, we're we're about to hit the 100K cases a day mark in the U.S. But um, yeah, Towson, Towson is a team, by the way, if you want to piss off some Towson fans, call them Townsend apparently. That's what I heard from yeah. somebody in Maryland. Um, I feel like we're going to have a lot of crab cake jokes uh, coming <laughs> in the next few weeks for them, but Towson actually looks like they're going to be pretty good in the Colonial next year. They won 12 games last year in the Colonial. Yeah, they did. They uh, they had a pretty rough non-league schedule, but then they, they kind of got it together once they got in the, the CAA stretch of games. I don't think Townsend or Stephen F. Austin are, are going to be uh, – easy I don't even want to say easy I, I think they're going to be good games they'll be formidable opponents and I mean if you're going off of how we have started the year the last three or four years I mean we we should be um kind of apprehensive about the start of the year because we have not got off to good starts lately so um and and Towson and definitely Stephen F. Austin will will make that difficult they do have some some good players yeah, and Stephen F. Austin, since we last recorded, we did talk about them a little bit last time. But since we recorded, I looked it up. They actually finished 26th in the AP poll and 30th in the coaches poll, but the coaches poll is garbage. So 26th in the AP poll um, yeah. for the end of the season. And that that's that's good. I mean, I know there are losing some seniors, but right. they do have some guys coming from a team that was almost ranked. Yeah, Kevon Harris, um, 6'6", probably their best player, was a senior last year. They lost him and a couple of other seniors, but they still have some some really good good guys on that team, Kensmill and, and Rody Ware, and uh, they'll be ready. I, th- I think they'll be, uh, they'll be probably better than Towson, but, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I d- I'm Based on, like I said, how we've started the last couple of years, uh, I, I want to keep my expectations in check, but I, I think we can get out of there with, uh, you know, with a few wins. Yeah. And then lastly, Vermont, um, we're familiar yeah. with Vermont. We played them the last few seasons, had two really close losses to them, actually. Yeah. Uh, double overtime, was it double overtime the season, two seasons ago. And then last year we lost by three or two to two. Oh, yeah, we well, lost them by two. That's right. Cause we were on the good end of a bad beat. Scott Van Pelt had us on bad beats, but we were the we were the team giving the bad beat because oh, I think it was yeah. Vermont plus or minus three or something. And Dom, Dom Welch series. had the last bucket at the end. Yeah, yeah, that Vermont series was was great. It was a three game stretch. The first game in Rochester with uh, Matt Mobley not scoring until he hit a game winning three, and then 
uh, going out there. That was a that was a tough game. I thought we should have won it. I thought there was a bad call. I think on Oshun and double overtime, maybe the first overtime. And then last year when Oshun was out, I think we would have beat them if we were at full strength. So uh, I'm glad that this series is continuing. I would love to start playing more of these uh, top tier teams from uh, you know conferences like Vermont's conference. Well, Stephen F. Austin and Vermont are yeah. two pretty well-known mid-majors. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not obviously not going to be, you know, Duke or Gonzaga or well, Gonzaga's a mid-major. Apparently, whoever depends on who you no, ask that not. one. But you know, <laughs> it depends on who you ask there. But they're in a mid-major conference. But you know what I mean? Like they're not. Yeah. They're still good names. But right. Vermont is going to be. They're going to look pretty different because Anthony Lamb, Rochester native, he graduated. Yeah, Anthony Lamb, one of the best you want to say mid-major players of really the last decade. Uh, so obviously he's gone, but they still have some good players. Steph Smith, uh, 6'2 guard. He'll, him and Lofton have gone back and forth. They've had some good matchups. So Vermont on December 1st, uh, another good opponent. I mean, there aren't really any, I wouldn't say there are any less than mediocre opponents that we're going to be facing. So it'll be, um, I, I think none of these wins will, turn heads on the selection committee or be statement wins per se, but um, none of them would be bad losses either if, if we did happen to lose one. Yeah, and by the way, Vermont also has Justin Missoula, who is a, you may remember him, he was at GW. He transferred at the beginning of last season, so I don't know if he, who knows with all the rules this year, I think he's probably going to end up getting a waiver, be yeah. allowed to play this year, but that's another, he was a really good guard, so it'll be interesting to see what he'll do for them. Yeah. But it could be worse. I mean, well, we could have a tougher go of it. Like St. Joe's is playing with Kansas, Gonzaga, and Auburn. I think they play two of those three teams. Right. I forget. I think it's Kansas and Auburn. Like they're going to get killed in those games. Yeah. Like we would be, we would hang around. We would probably lose two of those games. Maybe if we won one, it would be incredible. But at least I think I think starting off in the right on the right foot with a couple wins against some solid teams that may not have the biggest names could be good for us to get ready for probably a 10 play that's going to be starting up a few weeks after this thing. Yeah. And the Kansases of the world don't want to play teams like St. Bonaventure in their current form. Anyway, they would much rather have, uh, you know, those three teams look at St. Joe's and how they have been in the last couple of years, even though they, they will hopefully be improved this year. And, you know, it, it looks like it's, it's a win for them in, in that pod. So I, I don't think they, they would want a team like St. Bonaventure or, Dayton or, you know, Richmond, St. Louis in, in their pod anyway. But, um, also a little bit of, a little bit of news that I've heard. Some people were speculating that maybe since SUNY Amherst, uh, AKA UB is in Bubbleville while we're there, that maybe we'll just play them there. Uh, I've heard that was thrown around. Uh, it was, uh, talked about a little bit, but that won't be the case. And they, as of now, I mean, things can change, you know, how, how this year has gone, but as of now, it seems like we will still be playing UB uh, in the Riley center. Well, that's good. Cause we need to beat them because of last year. That was not very fun at all. Gobble, gobble, boo, and gobble, gobble, giggle. I wish Turkey only cost a nickel. Oh, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. But what is going to be fun 
our good friend Chucky Maggio tweeted or posted in his article on Friday that this is the first time the Bonnies have ever played on Thanksgiving Day. It's going to be Stephen F. Austin on Thanksgiving. We don't know the time yet. I would like yeah. it to be somewhere between noon and like four because the two early NFL games suck this year. Raven Steelers <laughs> yeah. at night is the only good one. Yeah. Yeah. You got Texans, Lions and football team versus Cowboys. So. Right. That is uh that is not very fun for Thanksgiving, but no. What will be fun is Stephen F. Austin and the Bonnies. What do you what do you imagine in Thanksgiving at the unfurled home <laughs> with the Bonnies on? What is that gonna be like? Usually, I mean, usually Thanksgivings for me are pretty tired and not feeling too well, maybe a headache. Uh just eating and laying around watching games that I don't really care about. I don't have to put any energy into the games that are on TV. Uh, last year as a Bills fan, we, we did beat the Cowboys. So I was prepared. Um, I, I will be prepared this year to have another one of my favorite teams playing on Thanksgiving. So, um, it's, it's looking like a bender. I'm not going to lie. Thanksgiving (laughs) Eve and Thanksgiving day. Um, I did this three days in a row for that awful tournament we were in a couple of years ago. Um, if you remember, we played Thanksgiving Eve, I think ended the tournament. Uh, was that that wasn't was that Cayman Islands that we went zero and three and looked awful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why yeah. are we talking about all of our worst losses between Delaware and the Caymans? So <laughs> yeah, that was that was a Thanksgiving Eve game, um, which I'm sure Bonifans will be lubed up for. That game was at 11 a.m. If you remember on Thanksgiving yeah. Eve, so that was a long, long day. So hopefully, the, our Thanksgiving Eve day game this year will be uh, a little bit later, and then, like you said, Thanksgiving Day will be a little bit earlier and we can I'm in a little bit of a different boat than you. I actually have to work late on that Wednesday night um, on Thanksgiving Eve. So I was actually possibly considering doing a turkey trot, which is way, way weird, but I don't know. I haven't even signed up for that, but either way, it's like, I'm, I'm hoping to have an afternoon game, get some nice Turkey and just, just get a nice win. Hopefully they're moving to two and Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'll be a good good uh, Thanksgiving experience. It'll be an excuse for a lot of Bona fans to get out of their in-laws' house. Well, hopefully it's going to be a great Thanksgiving experience for our next friend. We would like to welcome our next friend, to SB Unfurled and Friends, the second friend that is a member of the current Bonnie's basketball team. You know him as Flight 33. He is the newest, one of the newest members of the team, Jalen Attaway. Jalen, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's an honor. By the way, happy Halloween. We're recording this on Saturday morning. It's a Halloween, so happy Halloween to you. Do you enjoy anything the most about Halloween? <laughs> I just like how everybody like dresses up, um, just like the whole vibe you get from it. I think that's just one of my favorite aspects of Halloween. Got any cool costumes you ever done? Um, no, but I remember this one time. I think I was in like third or fourth grade. Um, I was trick-or-treating with one of my friends, and we went to this one house, and there was like a chainsaw guy. And I knew he was there. And like so we, you know, we walked through the little maze to go get our treats. And like right behind this big curtain was the the dude with the chainsaw. And I was terrified. And I tried to go back <laughs> out the entrance. And like they were all telling me, like, no, you can't, you can't. And so I eventually just sprinted back through the entrance and like the chainsaw guy literally chased me for about a block. And it was so terrifying. 
<laughs> haunted houses are definitely one of the coolest part of it. Um, kind of changes this year, but I brought up to everybody that we're recording this on Halloween because Friday, yesterday for us right now, um, we finally got some semblance of a schedule. We're going to, we got Towson starting off the season, Stephen F. Austin, and then Vermont, also Mohican Sun. I mean, we're not going to ask you like each team because we just found out about this, but like, how does it feel to just finally know what games you're going to play? Just finally have some kind of certainty with the schedule. Uh, it's super relieving. You know, we were all just, you know, kind of just waiting to see, you know, what, what was going to happen, how everything was going to, going to pan out, you know, and finally just getting, you know, that reassurance that, you know, we'd have set games, you know, coming up. It was something that we're all excited for. I'm really looking forward to. And last week we saw the captains get announced and, Without even playing a game yet, I do remember last year uh, Bobby Planudis was named captain before playing a game, but I still feel like it's rare to have a guy who hasn't even played in the uniform yet be named captain, and, and you did that along with uh, Kyle Lofton, uh, Jaron Holmes, and, and Oshun. So how did that make you feel uh, when you saw that, and, and what was it that you think you showed over the last year um, that, that allowed you to be selected? It was one of the greatest feelings, honestly, you know, just, you know, being named a captain at a prestigious school like this with, you know, the talent we have, you know, I, I honestly just felt so happy and couldn't wait to tell my grandfather, um, you know, but I think some of the like aspects that went into that is just like my, the hard work and like time I put into, you know, my game and just studying, um, you know, studying the game as well with just trying to be a leader, you know, sh whether it's showing up early, you know, staying late, um, just giving it my all. Yeah, I remember last year after you committed, I, I, I asked you if you were going to try to get a waiver or if you were going to take the year off. And you said you wanted to take a year off to kind of work on your game uh, a little bit. So with that whole, whole year off, getting to play with the team and what were – some of the specific aspects of your game that you worked on. What do you think you improved on and, and what were the positives of that, that year, that transfer year that we probably won't see uh, going forward based on some of the NCAA rules? I think just like really getting my body right. I would take like my, my diet and stuff, you know, serious, you know, to a certain point, you know, my first couple of years of college, you know, but last year really just keying in with like, you know, training certain muscles, um, you know, cutting out all types of, you know, fatty foods and, you know, fast foods, pops and all that, like completely cutting that stuff out and really just sticking to water, you know, maybe some Gatorade here and there, um, you know, getting lots of protein in me. You know, that was one of the big, big parts of my off year. But I'd say also, you know, just from a mental aspect, um, you know, details, like it's the little things that, you know, separate those good players from great players. And also, um, you know, like when it comes to winning games, you know, the, the little, the little things are the um, things that, you know, separate those, the, like I said before, the, the good teams from the great teams. I'm no D1 athlete, but getting your diet right in Western New York is not the easiest thing when there's third base wings. And, and <laughs> I don't know how old you are, but when you see the draft beer, you know, it's, it's not easy, but so. <laughs> All those pizza logs and wings from the scholar can catch up on you too, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're glad that we really had you on just because a lot of people that follow the Bonnies have probably seen your name on the roster, but may not know much about you since you still – 
haven't played yet. But what if people did watch closely this year, they did notice you on the sidelines doing some pretty awesome bench celebrations. So what makes you want to be so animated on the sideline and like really celebrate if like Lofton hits a three or Oshun posterizes somebody? I, I mean, I could have played in the game, so I wanted to contribute in some way. And I felt like just, you know, radiating energy, you know, from the sideline, you know, my team could, could feel it and run with that and kind of feed off that. You know, so just, you know, doing my part, staying, staying into the game, staying energized and just, you know, trying to give my team more life, you know, while they're out there, you know, busting their butts. If we had to give you a celebration like in FIFA or maybe even in 2K, you can kind of do it somewhere. Like what's like your go-to like number one celebration? <laughs> I'd say like after a dunk or something like that, you, you might see me like kind of you know, do like the, the wings, like both my arms out and kind of getting low and like running back on defense, something like that. <laughs> I love it. We're going to have to try to see if we can fit that into the game. <laughs> so, Cause I don't know if we, we made uh last year's team. So maybe, I don't know. We've been so video gamed out. We just are happy to have real basketball back. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for, for the people who aren't, you know, scouring YouTube for like your, Miami, Ohio highlights. What can you describe your game? What's your game like? Do you model it after anyone or, or what can the fans expect to see? And what, what do you think your role on this roster is going to be? Because we have a lot of guys between six, three, six, five. Uh, I've heard you might be maybe playing the four spot a little bit. So, so how do you think uh, you're going to fit into this roster? I'd say you're going to see me, you know, it's going to start with defense, of course. You know, me just being like live, using my voice, you know, diving after loose balls and that that type of thing. But um, on the offensive end, you know, really just, you know, hitting my, you know, taking my open shots, you know, not really forcing it, looking to make that the right play, you know, slashing to the cup, you know, trying to get tip dunks, you know, things like that. So it's definitely a different kind of season compared to any other season. I mean, you've been playing college ball both on the bench and then also for Miami Ohio but this year is way different obviously with COVID can you explain to us like just how different it is we keep hearing it's been different but like how is how is practice different for you how is going to see Fisk in the weight room different like how has it been different I'd say it's just different in the aspect of just just like things like people being a lot more cautious and timely about you know what time you know like when we're doing something or where like where we need to I feel, I feel like things are just I don't want to say more organized but I don't I mean I, I wouldn't say things are like too much different outside of practice and you know lifting weights and things like that like yeah we have to wear masks but you know other than that you know I don't think it's it's too much different when it comes to you know, the basketball side of things. But when it comes to class, you know, we got more, you know, like hybrid classes, more classes online um, and things of that nature. I think basketball compared to college football is at a little bit of an advantage just because the roster is smaller. So you're dealing with fewer people. So once you have, you know, your crew together, like it's not like you're dealing with 150 some odd people counting coaches and staff members on a football team. So I feel like that's that's got to help you out, right? Yeah, absolutely. As a new team captain, say we have a a recruit coming in, um, visiting the school for the first time, and the staff asks you to kind of give them a tour, or talk to them about the positives about St. Bonaventure. What would be your 
recruiting pitch to like a, a high school senior or someone in prep school coming in wanting to play for the Bonnies? You know, my first thing, you know, I'd talk to him and just like ask him, like, what do you really want from basketball? Like, do you want a school to go to a school that, you know, it's about basketball? Yeah, but you want to party and that type of thing, you know, and I tell him, like, this isn't the school that, you know, it's probably for you. Like, if you want to get become the best basketball player and, you know, get the strongest and stay focused on academics and not really have to worry about, you know, those outside factors. And this is the place for you. Like, if you really want to be a pro, like this is probably one of the best places that, you know, can get you there. But if you want all that other stuff, the the partying, the drinking and stuff, then, you know, I'm, this is probably not the spot for you. If you're on the court. But <laughs> yeah, if you're on the court. has yeah, its yeah. own. <laughs> yeah. But um, I mentioned off the top your nickname, Flight 33. I have no idea. Unfurl told me that right before we got on here. Where did that nickname come from? Because obviously you're number 33, but where did the nickname come from? In high school. It might. It may have been our uh, news reporter, that, um, like the main news reporter um, in Logan Sport, that gave me that name. Um, but, yeah, ever since high school, you know, like I remember my first my first four points of my um, high school career, uh, my varsity career, my freshman year, uh, were two putback dunks. And ever since then, that's, you know, it, that's where it, like, pretty much started. Taking off. we we got to find out if we can get a flight 33 from uh, Bradford to Logansport. <laughs> but you're coming <laughs> from Indiana. So, I, I mean, you're, you're from – you went to Miami, Ohio, but, like, you're coming from Indiana. When you were going through the transfer process, why did you, you decide on Bonas other than what you kind of mentioned earlier? I remember, actually, I was watching the game where – um Bonas played Syracuse and I remember seeing I'm not I can't remember what channel is it was on but I remember seeing you know a, a kid named Jalen Adams and I was like dang like dang that's like really close to my name for some reason and he was just going like lighting it up yeah he's pretty and... good we were both that we were both at that game by the way that was yeah. incredible it's like three days before Christmas so yeah. good yeah, but I remember watching that from home and seeing it, and I was just like, huh, St. Bonham, I never heard of them before. And, like, you know, ever since, you know, I just heard little, like, you know, heard about them here and there. You know, and one of my good buddies, Chris Wilkes, um, he played for UCLA the, the year Bonas uh, beat them in the um, NCAA tournament. And, you know, right then and there, you know, that's when it kind of, like, you know, stamped, you know, how good and, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because oh, you know had, what I'm talking uh, about. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was a big season just – and that was our, our first tournament win in the last 50 years. And you had uh, – didn't Trey Woodall recruit you uh, yeah. once he once he took over here uh, as, as an assistant? Um, yeah. yeah. Yep. As you've experienced, I'm sure, uh, and seen, of course, last season, we, we have a very passionate fan base. Uh, and I feel like we all, we all love getting to know – who are who our guys are as people just as much or more than you know who they are as players so with that in mind like when you're not working out with Fisk or when you're not practicing or in the RC like who is Jalen Attaway as as a person like what are your interests hobbies passions you know I'm really big into music but I'm also you know working on a clothing line right now you know I like I like to you know play video not I won't say like video games but I like Call of Duty specifically um i'm on i'm on that a good amount but you know usually when i have free time working on my clothing line listening to music it's not too much but that's usually what i'm what i'm up to so clothing line what kind of 
clothes are we talking? Are you thinking sneakers? Are you talking more like athletic wear? Are we talking some, some formal like street wear? wear. <laughs> streetwear, okay. Like streetwear, yeah. Like what kind of streetwear? Um, you know, I'm in the early stage of it, stages of it right now. But um, I think, you know, starting with like hoodies, T-shirts, long sleeves, sweats, um, you know, hopefully by the end of the year, I can get into like some denim. Um, but you know, right now, or not, I mean like the end of next year, sorry, but, um, right now I'm just like in the early stages. I'm thinking more along the lines of t-shirts, sweatshirts, things of that nature. Sweet. And like fashion wear, that's, that's almost a, it pretty much is a form of art. Like, do you, do you picture yourself as kind of an artistic person, whether it's, you know, trying to do some styling and profiling on the court or just, you know, doing <laughs> some artwork in terms of uh, fashion? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely off the court for sure. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm big into fashion. Um, you know, a couple of the, like people I look up to, like Virgil Abloh, I don't know if you've, you've heard of him, but uh, he's have, yeah. Like the, yeah, he's one of my like inspirations. I like, I like what he does a lot, but yeah, like photography. Um, yeah, I actually do photography too, but yeah, I try to try to mix it up, try to keep it fresh. Sweet. And uh, we're going to get you. Get you out of here with one final question, whether it's in the RC or in the Skeller or even in the Hickey. If you got a meal, what's your go-to meal? Definitely at the Hickey. Um, I'll probably get grilled chicken, veggies, and yeah, that's usually it. Just grilled chicken and veggies. See, Enfield, he's a... Uh, he's, he's on a strict he, diet, man. He can't, he can't indulge in what us normal people did, uh, <laughs> what, what us non-athletes did at, at the RC and at the Hickey. <laughs> We were, we've always heard, I didn't, didn't know Shun tell us he loves the uh, Buffalo chicken wrap in the RC. I, I, yeah, I do. I love that too. Oh yeah. I mean, same. That's, that's what I was I expecting, but no, nah, yeah. Jalen's on a strict diet, man. He's got to yeah. keep it tight. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're looking forward to seeing what you're finally going to uh, show us at uh, St. Bonaventure. Jalen Attaway, flight 33. He's getting ready to take off in a few weeks. Thank you so much for joining us, Jalen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm learning to fly. I think people are going to really like Jalen Attaway as a player and as a guy because he seems really entertaining on the bench, but it's cool to actually like talk to him and find out some more stuff about him. <laughs> yeah, it'll be good to see his celebrations on the court, not just on the bench. And like he said, those two put-back dunks. Uh, to start off his high school career, which is how he got that Flight 33 nickname. I think we're going to see more of that, and he's going to be kind of an exciting, explosive, uh, almost Idris Taki-like player, Uh, maybe a little more offense, but I I think he'll be a fan favorite for sure. I think we can say that Flight 33 is going to take off. You can boo me. Boo me. (laughs) (laughs) Boo me for that, please. (laughs) Pours of booze. Add it in. (laughs) But speaking of uh, cheesy taglines, it's election time. If you're listening to this on Monday, we don't know what's going to happen. If you're listening to this on Friday, we may still not know what's going to happen. Who knows? But we were thinking about what we would want to talk about in relation to the election. And I want to know what you think about Coach Schmidt and how Coach Schmidt would run a campaign. Because Hmm. I I, I could see him being, if Elizabeth Warren is uh, in Biden's cabinet, it's yeah. an open Senate seat in Massachusetts. Maybe he goes home. Who knows? Right. We always, you know me and how I love 
randomly speculating about Coach Schmidt and going yeah. to different places. So, <laughs> Coach Schmidt as Massachusetts Senator? Ask not what the Bonnies can do for you. Ask what you can do for the Bonnies. <laughs> I, I mean, he, he was born less than an hour away from, from John F. Kennedy. I could see him running a, a no-nonsense campaign within the rank and file of his campaign, but also being a big fan favorite and a populist candidate. I think uh, if he's going up against any other A-10 coach, he, he might sweep all 50 states. He doesn't need to take super PAC money either because as we see from our budget, we are not exactly funded by shadowy donors like the Koch brothers or Soros or no. anything. So No, that's Matt McCall. Yeah. <laughs> Fake Jared <laughs> Kushner. Fake Jared Kushner, that's true. Shady dealings <laughs> with uh, whatever that uh, that prep school is. <laughs> Woodstock Academy or yeah, Reason? yeah, yeah. Shady, <laughs> shady campaign donations from the Woodstock Academy from for Coach Matt McCall. Yeah, we got to we got to start digging into that. Maybe we'll find uh, Matt McCall's son's laptop somewhere. Well, we, we, we talked about Manjagate last week and how he's running a, a cabal in the in the basement of Manjas. So, um, and Schmidt's trying to bust that apparently. So. Schmidt is well. We did say Schmidt is Q last week, and now Schmidt is JFK the third. Maybe I don't know. Well, Schmidt Schmidt was going to bust the Manjagate cabal of Satan worshiping uh, cannibals with JFK Jr., who is still alive, by the way. So uh, Mark Schmidt basically taking on the reins of JFK Senior in a in a A ten campaign. I would think he's a Massachusetts boy. Uh, I could see him running like a, a nice populist campaign and and being a uh, being liked by both sides. I would I would like that. I think he's a blue collar. He can appeal to blue collar America. Oh, yeah. But um, other than Mark Schmidt, are there any Bonnies that jump out at you that could uh, that could be good running for office? If we're talking about our current roster, I mean, we gave Kyle Lofton the nickname the General last year, just because of his his court vision, his running the offense for forty minutes, and. I mean, we know he doesn't come out of the game. So I feel like if he ran a campaign, he would be up at 4 a.m. campaigning <laughs> for, you know, 15 straight hours and then and then hardly even sleeping. So, I mean, we, we've all made jokes about how even after he plays 40 minutes, he's, he's cleaning up the Riley Center and he has he has pistons in his legs. So he would run a just an Iron Man, Iron Man campaign. No, no fatigue in that kid. I like for the current team. Um. Oshun running for office just because he clearly has the best track record in DC based on what he's done to GW in those two games. That he's That's played. true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those have been like two of his like best games have both been at GW. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, think, I think he can get things done and drain the swamp down in DC. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. That would be good. Maybe, maybe a, a ticket. I might have to put out a graphic like on election day, Lofton Oshuni 2020. <laughs> I like it. Um, how about some former Bonnies? Uh, does is Bob Lanier going to be the uh, the runaway favorite for this election? Do you have anybody else? Hmm. Man, that's a good question. You're putting me on the spot. I obviously the Dobber has done so much with uh, NBA Cares and a lot of charity work and stuff like that. But if we're talking about like a charismatic, energetic young candidate, there's a lot. There's a lot of there's a lot of Bonnies who are doing really good things. Um, you know, the, the Tyler Ralphs of the world and the Chris Matthews. And obviously we all, we all know about them, but, uh, you know, even guys like leaders that we've had in the recent, recent teams, um, Idris Tiki types, uh, I think would be, would be 
damn good as politicians. I feel like Courtney Stockard, for some reason, he he has a very presidential pose. Like I could see him in front of a podium. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like he would look good on a campaign poster. <laughs> I, I I just yeah. I don't know. I think it's just his pose. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I could. Yeah, I agree with that. Just, Hey, I would vote. I would vote for Courtney Stockard any day. He is one of my all-time. Do you think? Uh, do you think Bubba Gary? Yeah, Bubba Gary. Um, Bubba Gary. I was going to say with his dance moves, that would definitely win over anybody at a rally. Oh, for sure. Yeah, um, Bubba Gary. Not many people really knew about him, uh, at least from our generation. I think uh, I, I remember reading about him and seeing some highlights, but then when he came back to the Riley center and I think you've tweeted out that gif quite a few times, just, just energized the whole current roster. And I think we had on, uh, was it Oshun who said that he was just, he was basically holding court the night before that game and, and the whole team loved him. No. Yeah. They had a great time with him. They said he was, uh, one of the happier ones to, to see them. Gary 2020. Yep. Gary 2024, maybe. <laughs> a Bubba Gary Courtney Stockard ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Stockard 2024. Both of them are still younger than uh, the two running for president now, at least. <laughs> Is Bubba Gary younger than, wow, yeah. He's got to be. He's not 74 or 78. He might be. He might be. Maybe not. I don't know. He might be late. Are those guys late 60s? or They're, they're early 70s, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to look it up. I want Tim Wynn as Secretary of Defense. Oh, that's a that's a good nickname for Oshun, the Secretary of Defense. Yeah, him and uh, him and Jalen Shaw can be Chairman of the Boards. Yeah, Chairman of the Boards. And then I was trying to get Senator Planudis off the ground because I think <laughs> one of Bobby's first good games was against GW at that <laughs> same game at GW. But um, Boca Bobby would win. Boca Bobby would win Florida, and that would be it. Oh, that's a key swing state. It if is. Oka Bobby can win Florida. That that would be key to this election. <laughs> <laughs> senator of Florida. Yeah, he could be a senator in Florida. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I hope maybe you're listening to us while you're waiting in line at the polls. Maybe you've already voted. Maybe you're getting ready to vote. Who knows? Hey, if you do listen to us while you're going to vote and you send us a picture, maybe we'll uh, give somebody some free stuff from uh, sbunfurled.com, the store. Maybe I can... Uh, I'll buy something for somebody if you send us a picture of you at the polls with listening to SB Unfurled and Friends. A Just Win t-shirt, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, next week, it sounds like uh, there's going to be a media day around November 9th and yep. 10th that week. So we should be able to get some more content and hear from people. And hopefully by then, we'll actually have an A-10 schedule. Yeah, all conference teams and uh, all the media days starting next Monday, a week from today. Um, so maybe a schedule will drop this week. And last week, Lenardi said the schedule might go to 20 games instead of 18. So, uh, hey, maybe even while you're listening to this, it has already happened. I, I could I could see them dropping that schedule before uh, that big media week, but we'll see. That's why I'm getting this out Monday morning because I don't want this to go out and then like two hours later they're going to announce a <laughs> schedule. I'll be furious, but yeah. I really want to know when we're playing Fordham twice, so hopefully we can uh, get that schedule finally. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, it seems like there's just weeks and weeks of nothing, and then in a day everything drops all at once, so it's it's tough to keep track of. 
I'm telling you, I tweeted out the video from the Eric Andre show and he's like, everything is going on in the news, like going crazy. Yeah. (laughs) And that's how I felt Friday with all the news. And hopefully we feel that like that a little bit more if we finally get all the schedule news. But thank you guys so much for joining us. Make sure you subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. SBUnfurled.com is where you can find all of our content, including where these podcasts are posted. Follow us on Twitter at SBUnfurled, at X, and we will see you all next week, hopefully with an A-10 schedule. Thanks for joining us. Yeah.